0: Tested one, two, three. I'm on? Yeah, I think I can hear myself. Well, good morning, church. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. The psalmist said, I was glad when they say unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. You know many of the pla- all the places that your friends used to invite you to, to boogie, to party, take substance that you shouldn't, and you think that you were doing well. One day somebody invited you to the house of the Lord, or where the gospel was being preached. And man, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Amen. And I'm sure that's the same for you this morning. Um, we're going to look into the scripture. Much of the can we'll be reading from Luke. Luke 17. If you have your Bibles, I think the Bible's under your chair. It is. Page, what, eight seventy six Book of Luke, um, that version that Pastor put under there. If you, if you have to use one of those Bibles, you can just turn there. My prayer this morning that God will touch every heart and every life. Mover of mountain, you hear James singing. Breaker of chains. And wherever you see people, you can easily say, here comes trouble. Scripture said, "The man that is born of a woman he is of a few days, and he is full of trouble." So, if people here this morning have troubles, no surprise. But we serve a God that can break every chain. We serve a, a a God that can move mountains, whatever you're going through, and that's why we're here in in, in church this morning. I want to read from Luke chapter 17 and uh, verse? 11 to 19, if you have your Bibles. Luke 17, and from verse 11. Scripture said that it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. We stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You notice know, in the story there, they said that they stood afar off. There was so much stigma attached to having leprosy those days. You have to stay at least six feet. I don't know if that's where it started, but. <laughs> and if the wind is blowing, it's 150 feet those days. But there was a stigma attached. Um, who said we were original, huh? <laughs> Six feet started from way back. Lifted his voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw that, he said unto him, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice, glorified God. All right? He became Pentecostal so easily. <laughs> He raised a hallelujah, amen, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a submertive. And Jesus answered, said, were there not ten clans, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this one little stranger here. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Amen. This is the week that we as a nation pause to celebrate what we call Thanksgiving. For Christians, this should be a natural, you know. God has done so much for us. Because every godly man or woman should be a person of thanksgiving, should have a grateful heart, should be a thankful man or woman. Why? Because our help comes from we know where our help's come from and who's our source. And he has given us a heart of gratitude. We sing the song, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He has given us Jesus Christ, his son. In the wisdom of our forefathers, some might tell you the first Thanksgiving is 1637. And then President Abe Lincoln... Kind of make it a national thing, 1863. Nation give thanks every fourth Thursday in November. And why do we do this? We do this to say praise God from whom all blessings flow. We do this to acknowledge that as a nation, as a people, as a country, higher hands are leading us. We say to God collectively on Thanksgiving Day, God, we are forever grateful. All good things and perfect things come from you. We are a nation with a heart of gratitude to God and our founding fathers in their wisdom realize that we need to pause. We need to stop a little and slow down and give God thanks. How important is gratitude to God? Eh, we go. Being grateful and giving thanks, is it a priority in your life? How do we develop an, uh, an attitude of gratitude in our life so that it become a lifestyle? In the story this morning with Jesus and the ten leper, the Bible said that these men were standing outside the village, outside the town, because when you had leprosy those days, you were an outcast. And um, leprosy, although it has some stigma attached, leprosy still exists today I understand there's about 20,000 cases a year in America still. So it's usually associated with back then and Old Testament. But there's a certain stig- stigma attached back then. The culture of the day, you know, you have leprosy, you are seen as of unclean, unclean. And you walk around, and you have, when you walk around, you have to announce, unclean, unclean, um, you know, you're coming So that's why these men stood afar off and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. And Jesus, in his own way, said, go to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, they realized they were cleansed. And only one returned to thank the Lord. Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Probably he's asking us that same question this morning. Where are the nine? You know, the, 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 the scripture is such a mirror. So many times God has blessed us with so many things in his own supernatural way. But we forget to give God thanks. Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed?" And he wasn't smiling or laughing when he said that. And then he said, where are the nine? Hmm, you serve a God that can count, huh? So when you think you're getting away with it, you know, he has your number. He has your name. He said, where are the nine? There were ten clans, but only one returned to give thanks. And Jesus wasn't happy with that. This attitude of ingratitude is very pervasive in our nation, probably in our own lives this morning. So many people um, think that, man, I'm the captain of our own ship. I'm the master of my own faith. And it's just me, 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 I, I, I. And we never stop to acknowledge that all good things and the blessings flows from God. We have a little Nebuchadnezzar in all of us. Look at what I built. Man, look at this kingdom. Look at what I raised up. Look at this palace. You know what God did to, to Nebuchadnezzar? I always said Nebuchadnezzar became the first dreadlocks. God sent him to the field like an animal. Long hair flowing down and all that. Crawling on his knee. And Jesus, God said, Nebuchadnezzar, until you know. You're going to be like that in that situation. Until you know and acknowledge that the most high, I love those words, the most high God liveth and ruleth in the kingdom of man. So many times, let's, you know, we are like Nebuchadnezzar puffed up in pride, but let's, let's, not hope, let's hope that God doesn't have to take that drastic attitude before we humble ourselves before Him. This issue of gratitude. Is important. Saying thanks is important to God. That's why the the founding fathers realized that. They know from whom our blessings flow. How are you doing this morning? Do, Do you have an issue with being grateful and showing gratitude to the God that we serve? The songwriter said, after all he has done for me. After all he has done for me. How can I forget to give him my best and to live for him completely? After all he has done for me. Remember that old spiritual? Spiritual? Oh, we used to sing in church. I suppose that's a little old-fashioned now, but the message remained the same. How can I forget? And one of the things we see in Scripture, we might show a little indignation against the nine. But notice, the nine is majority. And it probably gives us a hint that ungratefulness, failure to acknowledge God and what he has brought us through and delivered us from, failure to, to, to return and give thanks. Jesus wasn't smiling. The psalmist said in Psalm 103 1 to 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit. And we have to be careful as Christians to remember what God has done for you it's so easy to forget it's so easy to stop skipping church and it's so easy to begin to get puffed up and feel like I did this it is so easy to forget to give God thanks when you're caught up in your flesh and caught up in yourself and especially when you start to bring on the do you know who I am syndrome puffed up in yourself you won't humble yourself to give God thanks Paul was a little upset with the church in Corinthians and he, he, he began to say, look, some of you were drug addicts, you were gamblers, you were shoplifters and liars, you were hungry, you were lost, homeless, no job, immorality, homosexuality, dabbling in witchcraft and palm reading, you name it. Paul said, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Such were some of you. Some of you were like that. But you were washed, you were cleansed, you were delivered. And you know Peter can't be outdone. Peter jumped into it. Peter said, yes Lord. They are like fools that return to their folly. They are like a dog that returned to his vomit and a pig to his wallow. They forget to be grateful and to be thankful to God. And those nine lepers, they want the blessing. But they couldn't care less about the blesser. Only one man remembered to return to God and give thanks. And he started off with a loud voice. You know, we don't like those people in church, some churches. But when God gives you the victory, I think there was a song that, uh, James had up here. When God gives you the victory, when God fights your battle and won, yes, it's okay to raise a hallelujah, it's okay to lift your voice. It's okay to say thank you God for what you' have done for me. It is all right. Yeah, There's a song that said something like that, "It is all right, it is all right. as long as I have my Lord beside me, it is all right. As long as I have His hand to hold, as long as He washes off my soul, as long as I'm under his control, it's going to be all right. Amen. I've got a feeling that everything's going to be all right. I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right, be all right, be all right. As long as you acknowledge God and you trust him. Paul said, such were some of you in gross abomination. God took you as a nobody and made you into a somebody. Now you forget God. Where are the nine this morning? There are more than nine of you inside here. There's more than nine of you probably watching online. Where are the nine? You were washed, you were cleansed. God gave you a job, put shoes on your feet. My God, and this morning, you're kind of drifting away from God. And that's how backsliding starts sometimes. Backsliding is never a big sudden blowout. It's a slow leak. start to rationalize and compromise your principles. Remember I brought it down in the Old Testament there? A guy called Solomon. Oh, this guy had a tight consecration. He loved the law, the wisest man around. But God said, you know what, Solomon? I don't want my people to be like the other kings around. All the other kings around. Have a lot of wives and girlfriends and the ultimate womanizer. All the other kings around. And you know, sometimes as Christians we stray because everybody's doing it. <laughs> and you can't be left out. You know? So suddenly this, this guy with a tight consecration who loved the Lord. My God. He went hug and Donna summers and then Samanas. us. 700 wives, 300 concubines. My God, what was he thinking? He wasn't thinking, I know. <laughs> you know, we are like, the. the I think Donna Summer's saying more, more, more. We think that more is better. You know? And, and sometimes, you know, when we are drifting from God, we start a little bit here and a little bit there. Oh, the number one song in 1999 was Mamba Number 5. I mean, you're all Christians, you would never remember that. <laughs> a little bit of Monica in my life, a little reader. That was a big hit in the United States then, all right? More, more, more. But as we know, sin is a losing game. Sin never shows you tomorrow, it only shows you today. And in the end, Solomon cried and repented before God. It is all vanity. It's like chasing the wind. It's like a bubble that bursts. The whole duty of man is to serve God and to keep his commandments. Solomon's life didn't end on on a bang as God would have it. Solomon loved, you know, all of these little susacutes, like to arrange A little bit of Hittites and Moabites and all the bites, he took a bite. (laughs) Didn't quite work out, did it? You know, Solomon ended up saying, all is vanity. This morning, you might have forgotten God, forgotten to be thankful to God. You've wandered uh, from God uh, just a little bit, you know. This morning, you remember how you used to praise God and serve God. But now you're kind of hiding in the shades, you know. Come a smart guy, you watch what's good. You're kind of living in the shade. Mr. and Mrs. Slim Shady. And you can't get back to church. And you can't get back to serving God. And your life is a mess. Remember, God can't bless a mess. Get back to God. Amen. Give him thanks and praise. Don't forget when you had no shoes. When you were hungry. When you were down and out. Oh God. I'll serve you all of my life. And as soon as God blessed you. you kind of through the door. And hey you remember so and so. used to come here regular. Where is she? Where is he? Can't find you at this time. Tonight you're. This morning you're like Mr. Bojangles on Skid Row. Even his dog died. Got really bad as he descended into sin. You remember the time when you could look to God and say, He picked me up, turned me around, and planted my feet on higher ground? You were giving praise and gratitude to God for what he did for you. But this morning, you're walking on the other side, the shady side. That like guy call it Mr. and Mrs. Slim Shady. Haven't seen you in a while. You haven't been serving God. God, I'll give you all the tithes and the offering, and I'll be dedicated to you. Haven't seen you for a while. Where are the nine this morning? Weren't there not ten blessed? Where are the nine? Is it only one that can... Um, Return to God and say, God, I remember I was nothing. I remember you picked me up. I remember you planted my feet in higher ground. I remember you made me somebody when I was a nobody. Jesus, I'll never forget. Do you have gratitude to God this morning? Oh, you've forgotten and you've returned like a dog to his vomit, Peter said. And like a pig to his wallow, you have returned to your folly like fools. Jesus. These guys weren't from New England, eh? They used some harsh term there. They weren't too political correct. They just want to get the truth out there. They come from, what I think they come from what you call the known nonsense church. They are members of that church, Paul and Peter. So they say a lot of rough things. But it's the truth. And if you heed it, the truth will set you free. Where are the nine? Don't forget this morning. Don't forget where God took you from. Another thing you should observe in the story of the ten lepers, that they were ten cleansed, and they were all seeking the hands of God. But as you see in the story, there's a difference between seeking the hands of God and the heart of God. You see, the God that we serve don't want just a weekend lover, you know. They want something that will pass Saturday night, I think one pop singer. A love that goes beyond Saturday night. God want to go steady. God want you to serve him Sunday and Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday. Not my Friday night. I see. Friday night too. <laughs> and Saturday. Oh my God. I used to go drinking. No, no, no. It's holiness unto the Lord. It's a new life, a new day, a new walk, a new talk, a new relationship. Not just a Sunday morning lover or a weekend lover. God wants to go steady with you. And it's not just bless me, bless me, bless me. You know, God wants you to fall in love with him and seek his heart. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? Paul said that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul just didn't want the blessing. Paul said, I want to know this man Jesus. I don't, don't just want his hand. But I want his heart. Steve Emerson sang the song that I might know the father's heart. That I might somehow bear his pain. He, Paul wanted to know the, the father's heart. Some of us just say, God, bless mom, bless dad, bless my wife, my husband, the cat, and even fighter the dog. I don't know if I is going to make it to heaven, but you know, <laughs> we, that's a new doctrine out there. But we want God to just bless us. And it's all, give me, give me, give me. You know, like, like I said, it's like passing through McDonald's. Ordering, ordering, and they ask you, you want fries with that? We ask for so many things, but God wants a deeper walk with you. God said to Mary and Martha, when you were at the house, Mary has chosen the better part. Sometimes we are too busy for God, you know. Martha was busy in the the kitchen, and sometimes we are busy doing the right thing, but not paying enough attention to Christ. We want the blessing, but not so much the blesser. I quoted earlier on that I like what Ian Redpot, the great Keswick speaker said. He said, I did not seek for happiness. Rather, I seek to do the will of God and happiness found me. I love it. You run after God and seek his heart. That's what Jesus said uh, down in Matthew. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the other things will be added. And we said, Lord, let us reverse that. Could you bless me with the other things first? And then I might think about seeking it. It doesn't work that way. We, do, we just want the blessings of God. We need to be seeking for the very heart of God. And um, this morning, Jesus is asking, where are the nine? Were they not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? You have checked out on God a long time. You have ceased, ceased to walk with Him closely. You have ceased to have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving towards the God that you serve. Jesus is asking, Where are the nine? It's Thanksgiving. People are having gratitude to God. Look what God has delivered you from. But you forget God's blessing, you forget the church. You know, and like I said, backsliding is a, usually a slow leak. You miss one Sunday, then two. Ah, And then you begin to rationalize and compromise. And you reason out things until the cows come home. And the truth is that you're drifting away from God. So we see only one wanted to seek the heart of God. The other nine just, hey, give me, give me. Oh, thank you. See you later, friend. And sometimes we treat our God like that. And God is saying, He doesn't want that. And then um, in order to have a great relationship with God, it's best to discover that vertical relationship first. You have gratitude to God when you come into a personal relationship with him. And you see in Psalm 136 um, where the psalmist is is like chanting and is just going wild. You know he said, bless the Lord O my soul. The psalmist is there saying, give thanks to the Lord for his good and his love endure forever. And he keeps blurting out the blessings of God and this effusive praise to God for what God has done for him. And you know, when you're a Christian and you have that vertical relationship, hey, you don't have to be in church, my friend. You're on the road and in your car. You might find yourself clapping your hand. Don't try that. Keep your eyes on the wheel. (laughs) But there's some kind of Church of God Christian. They tend to do that sometimes. Somebody I know very well. The love of God drops in your heart because you're not fake. And you're not trying to put on a show. Songwriter said, it is real, it is real. I know it's real. Praise God. The doubts are settled. And I know it's real. So when when you know God, you know, even if you're a Catholic, you wave your little hands and you... Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you pay. Because there's a a praise in in your heart there. You can't fake it. Always tell people, you either have it or you don't. This is not something you work up and pretend you have. You know? This is not something that you can fake. The praises of God flow from your heart. You might be a little Baptist and you begin to clap your hand. I praise him, I praise him. Praise him for what he has done. You're giving thanks to God for what he has done. Or you might be a real, you know, a real one of those Pentecostal. You begin to hop and skip and dance and sing. And it's joy, unspeakable, full of glory. The half has never yet been told. And they can't stop you. It comes out of your heart. It flows naturally. Or you might just go full Jeremiah, eh? I feel like fire. Shut up within my bones. It comes out of you, praise and adoration to God. And it comes because you have a vertical relationship with God. God has put a new song in your heart. And it's a song of gratitude, a song of praise. And you just can't stop. And this morning... If you haven't got that relationship with God, if you haven't asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, or if you have wandered from God like the, the nine leper, it's time to come back to give praise. Where are the nine this morning? Were there not ten cleanses? There's a lot of you out there this morning, probably in this place and by Zoom watching. Jesus is asking, Where are the nine? Where are you this morning? Mia, missing in action? When you have a vertical relationship with God, you know that your time is in his hand. Every day, 150,000 people depart this earth. And with COVID now, it might be more than that. But, but, but that's what the United Nations statistics show. 150,000 people die each day. 353 is born each day. That's why I to keep the balance. We realize that the fact that we're alive this morning, the fact that you can see me and I can see you and you're breathing, you know what it means? God is not done yet. Amen? God is not done with you. I used to tell the guy in prison, you know, the fact that you're alive and you're breathing and you can see me this morning, God is not done with you yet. When God is done, you pull the plug. When God is done, you hear the announcement, so-and-so will not be coming down for breakfast. One less egg to fry, huh? (laughs) You know? But God, you know, as a Christian, your time and life is in his hands. You know, as a believer this morning... That you're alive because God has a plan. God has a purpose. God said to Jeremiah before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. And I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Everyone of you sitting here this morning. From the smallest. In between. Oldest. You're not just here because you have been so good. You're here because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this morning... If you're like the the nine who have wandered from God. And you've stopped giving God thanks and praise. I remember the song. I think the Eagles did a song in 1973. Desperado. You've been out mending fences. When will you come to your senses? Desperado. Come home. Come home back to the father's house. Where are the nine this morning? God has cleansed you and set you free. And now you're a drifter like on skid row like Mr. Bojangles. Your toes is out of your shoes and you're falling in hard time like Solomon. We're at a nine this morning. It's time to come back to Father's house. It's time to come back to praising your God again. I like the song by Evie Chris, where she said, If heaven never was promised to me, neither God's promise to live eternally, it's been worth it. Just having the Lord in my life. Living in a world of darkness, he, saw, he showed me the light. God wants you to come back. You remember how you felt about God. You even say, Gladest night on the fi- pips, you stand back. This is now my song. God, you are the best thing. That ever happened to me. Amen. Best thing that ever happened to you. But this morning you're drifting away a little. Jesus is asking, Where are the nine? Come back home, God says. It's time to come back. Nine, the majority are ungrateful to God. And God is looking for you this morning. Remember, He can count. (laughs) So you can't slip through the crack. He knows you have drifted a long time. Probably you got got your your life entangled like Solomon. Too much Suze Q's. You know, he was looking in the wrong direction. It it cost him a lot. But this morning, as we look at the, the, the story of the ten lepers, Jesus is asking, where are the nine? And he's saying, come home. You've been out, mending fences, you've been drifting. Oh, I know you're a hard one, filled with pride, cocky and all that. But come home, desperado, come home. And if that's you this morning, feel free to call the church. Any other pastors here will help you. And if you're not a Christian, it's a good time to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. Desperado, where are you this morning? Where are the nine this morning? God bless you as we are all together. Search our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.